Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There will also be spoilers for various anime throughout the course of this episode. Please use caution in case we discuss a series that you haven't finished. Finally, the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and may not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Enjoy the show. Hello there, dear listeners. It is time once again for the Dub Talk Podcast, where we talk about the latest and greatest in anime English dubbing. Usually on this program, we often get rather loud, rambunctious, and especially quite crass and inappropriate. But right now, friends, there is no need for any of those. It is the winter season. It's fair to get warm and cozy, bundle up in your nice warmest layers, your sweaters, your fuzzy socks, just relax and get very laid back. I brought a couple of friends with me tonight who are also ready to become members of tonight's secret blanket society. Joining me for the initiation are Jackson. Ramen in a cup. Eat it all up. Jet. The more we get together, 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 the more we get together, the cupier we'll be. And my buddy here, Patrick, who's especially ecstatic to join the Secret Society. I brought the weenies and I brought the whiskey. Patrick, Patrick, please. We don't need we don't need to be that volume right now. We're just We're just having a good old time. Use your indoor voices outside. But in the it's wilderness. weenies! And it's whiskey! I brought them! You know what? Weenies and whiskey are very, very tempting right now. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, well Fuck it! I have marshmallows! Let's go! It. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Uh, well, you know what? Might as well get a joke out of the way. We'll gather around the campfire, sing the campfire song. <laughs> C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E-S-O-N-G song. I- I'm sure you're probably all very aware of where this is going. Today, we enjoy the cold, quiet and beautiful outdoors, as we're about to review an English dub for a show I and several of you have been very eager to see happen for five years now. From Crunchyroll and Studio C Station, this is Laid Back Camp. And you heard right, dear listener, five years. January 2018 was when the original broadcast of Laidback Camp Season 1 began. It has been five years, and it took four years for it to finally get an English dub. It got its English dub in August of 2022. It's been finished for some time, and 
Friends, I would like to hear your experiences with this show, be it several years or if this is your first time coming into it. Do tell, do tell. Um, yeah. Uh... Jackson, why don't you, we, oh, I was going to say, oh, okay. Jet, f- feel free to go free. No, oh, I'm sorry about that, but uh, yeah, I uh, pretty much uh, been here from the beginning. I checked out the show during the initial simulcast, and I, I thought it was pretty comfy. I'm usually not that much of a boy person, but I, uh, but I liked the vibe of the show, and um, so, and uh, I went to the board games again, so I did a lot of camping, and while I have uh, good and bad memories of camping. Uh, it, uh, Lay Back Camp definitely, uh, brought up a lot of memories for me, so, uh, I had a pretty good time watching it. Excellent. Jackson, what about to yourself? I remember you threatened to, and I quote, uh, I might be, uh, ad-libbing a little here. I think you threatened to, uh, choke a bitch. Was that the exact term? If you were not on this episode. Is that correct, uh, sir? Roast over the fire, I think, is the words I used. Uh... Ah, uh, yeah, yes, yes, that sounds, that's coming back to me now, yes. Uh, you threatened me quite vehemently, yes. Mm. Uh, yeah, I also have been into this series since the beginning. Uh, was Enjoyed that uh, first simulcast uh, season. Enjoyed the subsequent seasons. Enjoyed the OVAs. Enjoyed the uh, little room camp shorts that they did. Uh, just enjoyed the movie a couple weeks back now. On Crunchyroll. Oh god, I can't wait to watch that movie. Uh, I've got in front of me on my keyboard now Euro, uh, Eurocamp keycaps on my mechanical oh keyboard. Oh my god. Oh my god, with, that's incredible. With a bunch of uh, novelty, novelty keys so uh, I can mute Andrew by uh, hitting on uh, uh, Chikua. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I can't eat like, really good uh, wallpaper fodder at work just because it's a bunch of beautiful scenery. And no one's any the wiser that it's anime. No, nobody would know. Yeah, they wouldn't. But it is very cozy, and it is very pretty. And now, Patrick, what say you? What's your experience with this show? So, honestly, I have a really interesting experience experiencing the show. Um, I caught the first... I want to say I caught the first episode or two as it was airing, and as things happened to do, well, during that time, mainly because of work with Dub Talk, I fell off of it for many years. And then, out of nowhere, Dub Announcement comes out, so I figured, you know what? This is time. Um, I rewatched the first episode, fell in love with the show again, um, actually went on Amazon to purchase the Cup Noodle Curry that they advertise on the show. Um, I ate it. It was very delicious. Um, and, and it was... And, that was the reason I wanted you on this show, because not only were you so excited but, and entranced by it that you were having a good time, you bought the curry ramen. Like, you bought, like, a big pack of it, too. It was a six-pack, but still... Um, I would... That did not look like a six-pack. That looked like fucking Costco portions. It might have been ten. But I would... Might have. I would crack one open every week to experience the dub of Laidback Camp. I truly do admire your commitment for that. For me, this was very much... 
this was during my college dorming years, which I will be real with you, gents. I never watched more anime than when I did when I was in college, because it was just like, there was always so much time, so little fucks to give no, for me. That's it was, correct. Who, who wants I, to be doing schoolwork when there's anime you could be watching? I think the winter 2018 season in particular was quite nostalgic for me because that was basically my last semester of college. And whenever I would get really stressed when I was working on like my final project, basically, which was like a big, uh, for me, it was a big final feature for my uh, thing. Whenever I was done with a busy day of class or trying to arrange shoots and stuff, Laidback Camp was an aggressively cozy, comfortable show to watch during like a very stressful time in my life. And it just made me relax, zone out, and absolutely fall in love with its world, its characters, and its gorgeous, gorgeous scenery. It, I was very disappointed when this got passed over for a simul dub because this was back when Funimation and Crunchyroll were mutual partners and where Crunchyroll aired the sub and Funimation would air dubs on their service. I believe Winter 2018 would in fact be like the last time they would actually team up in that regard or one of the last seasons. They would team up and do that. And I felt I always felt it was a missed opportunity. They never got around to both that and laid back camp for that season. And instead dubbed um Hakyu Hoshin Engi. Which was also by the same studio that did um Laidback Camp, by the way. But how many people are still talking about Hakyu Hoshin Engi? A twenty-three episode a twenty-three volume manga shonen series where they covered a volume and episode. Boy, howdy, you could tell. Boy, howdy, you could tell. Yes, it, I, I'm looking at Jackson who posted his top six from 2018, all of which were sub only. Um, this makes laid two. back camp, we laid back camp, and a place further than the universe have been rectified. Planet With has been released on Blu-ray, but is still currently sub only. So that now just leaves Amanchu, uh, Uma Musume, and Wodakoi. One of those only has a Blu-ray release in another country, yada, yada, yada. Licensing is fun and complicated and has only gotten more fun and complicated. But you know what? I'm not going to harp on all that right now. I'm not going to harp about the changing industry stuff right now. Yeah, yeah we don't Right now, I want to just talk about this cozy, fun little show. And this lovely little dub, which before we get into that, I would like to give a quick synopsis of what Laidback Camp is about, courtesy from Crunchyroll's uh, webpage. Nadashiko, a high school student who had moved from Shizuoka to Yamanashi, decides to see the famous Mount Fuji. Even though she manages to bike all the way to Matsuo, she's forced to turn back because of worsening weather. Unable to set her eyes on her goal, she faints partway to her destination. When she wakes up, it's night in a place she's never been before, with no way of knowing how to get home. Nadashiko is saved when she encounters Rin, a girl who is out camping by herself. This outdoorsy girl's story begins with her this first encounter between both Rin and Nadashiko. 
I'm very intrigued at the fact that they open that from Nadashiko's perspective when almost the entirety of the first episode is through Rin's lens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, another way to describe this show is it fits nicely into this uh, little genre that we've carved out that is cute girls touching grass. <laughs> that is not where, what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to explain what the Iyashike uh, genre was, but I do like your, the phrase cute girls touching grass. I, I very I, I, I knew like I that a lot, actually. Uh, but yes, it, it is also a Iyashike series. Uh Amanju that we mentioned a minute ago is very much that as well. Just this nice, like, melancholy, relaxing healing is technically the meaning behind it of just, this is nice and cozy and feel good. Uh, I, and I feel like the score of the watch. show, you could absolutely fall you could absolutely fall asleep to the OST for this one. That is a fact. Yeah, at, at certain points, you can just, like, they, they let all the dialogue fall away and just crank up that score so you can really just soak in the scenery. It's Mm -hmm. uh, but otherwise, it's uh, Feng in with other Ashike and something like much older is my go to example of this of Mushishi, which was like great, mm. like 11 p.m. You have a small like tea or hot beverage and then you are straight to bed. Watch after one episode. Yep. But yeah, Th this was a cozy, charming show. And I'd like to talk about the individual's who translated that level of coziness into the English language. Beginning with our ADR directing team and the scriptwriter of this dub. Uh, the head camper of tonight's program is Jade Saxton. She is being assisted by Morgan Larray, Sarah Ragsdale, and Kristen McGuire, and helping to pitch the foundation of this mighty tent which is a very elaborate way of saying she wrote the script is Heather Walker Jade Saxton has directed such shows as Interviews with Monster Girls The Helpful Fox Senko-san and Nichijo My Ordinary Life Morgan Larray has also assisted Jade on The Helpful Fox and Nichijo and has also directed shows such as Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Sarah Ragsdale has worked on such dubs like The Devil is a Part-Timer, Season 2, Classroom of the Elite, Season 2, and Sunny Boy. Kristen has directed such anime as Gamers, Citrus, and Smile Down the Runway. And Heather Walker, for some anime she has, she has written, Sasaki and Miyano, Love Life Superstar, and Tsukimichi Moonlit Fantasy. I'm going to keep this one pretty lax, pretty chill, but I'd like to open the campfire to whoever would like to speak up about what their thoughts on the ADR team of Laidback Campus. Um... I mean, first, first and foremost... Um... This show does not sound or feel like four directors were working on it. Oh, yeah? Um, it it feels pretty consistent throughout, which is something I can respect. Um, I've also noticed that Jade tends to do a lot of the Japanese subculture kind of shows. And you can tell from past series she's done that 
it kind of bled into this a little bit and something I appreciate. Yeah, especially in things like food and uh, Japanese like tourist locations, uh, you're really get you're really getting into the thick of it. Because yeah, because laid back camp is chill, but it is also very much these. You could you get the impression that this is a lot of uh, local within the country tourist stuff. You are not in bustling Tokyo. You are in the little sleepy towns where almost everybody can know your name, and you could probably see somebody coming to school on a tractor. Yep. Or a goat, in the case of Nichijou. (laughs) It definitely does function as like a tourism ad, probably for people in uh, the big cities of Tokyo, of, you know, go out and uh, touch some grass. Uh, I feel like, I feel like that was probably what made it so enticing for a lot of people, because Laidback Camp was a huge hit, by the way. Like, it wasn't not. There's a lot of cute girls doing cute things show, but not every cute girls doing cute things show is a monster hit. Laidback Camp got a spinoff, got like a miniseries, a second season, and a movie, and now has a third season that has been greenlit as well. Live action uh, oh. commercial segments with the voice actors going out camping. The f- the opening theme, which is an absolute banger, by the way, was like a smash hit on like Annie song charts. Love that Jackson and, Five. And not it to was mention, very. Um, yeah. Those Blu-ray sales did absolute gangbusters at a point in time when, you know, selling Blu-rays was not as much a guarantee. Or at least it started to not be as much of a big priority for really on either side of the Pacific. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. It also managed to make otaku go outside, which is in and of itself an incredible feat. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Though, I'm going to be real. I've gone camping before. It's, I have sort of mixed feelings on camping, especially when it's really cold out. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, like I'm cool with camping, but like I can't really, I can't do winter camping. I like I, I, it's it seems insane to me, but the reality is I I follow Rin's logic completely. It's quiet. There's no bugs. There's no people around. And for in for like an introvert like her who enjoys moments of quietness to herself, that is perfect ample opportunities. But I've also just had a lot of mixed experiences with camping. I think my most vivid one was a terribly cold and rainy night camping with the Cub Scouts at Hershey Park. It was the one time my mom had uh, come with me and she wasn't having the greatest of time. But she remembers very vividly me trying to cheer her up. And you want to know how I did that? How did you do it? By qu- by quizzing her on Dragon Ball Z facts. Uh. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, 
my my little eight nine year old dbz loving heart was telling her out about a bunch of different characters and their powers and abilities and i brought a couple of dbz action figures with me and i, I think she tells me she very vividly remembers what could have been like a terrible memory for her was uh actually something she finds kind of endearing in that my dorky little heart just distracted her from the kind of cold dampness with just a lot of like dorky Dragon Ball facts. Uh, oh, that's nice. Uh, I can pick up a lot of uh, very uh, amusing game stories because I have a lot of them. I say, uh, what I did believe ever uh, one time, I think, uh, maybe like second or third year, I was doing like, I was at Boy Scouts out on a camping trip uh, during a rainy night. It was uh, pretty normal for me, but then I woke up. Uh, 2.30 in the morning to find the, my tent literally collapsing on me while I was inside. That was, that was, a, that was a fun night. <laughs> that does sound like something that would happen, wouldn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, so like literally scribbling trying to find where the exit was. Ooh. <laughs> Everybody's got their own camping stories. Some better than others. Uh, I had, uh, mostly in my area, we had a camp for uh kids in the region uh that had cabins so we didn't have to sleep on the ground ever uh and i've been to been to that one a few times uh did like my high school volunteer hours there to help uh fix up some of the cabins uh just doing like woodworking and uh replacing roof shingles that type of thing uh i do recall uh probably the last time i was there was when i was about 12 years old uh because I remember things like walking along the lake uh, across the beach for about six hours that day to uh, go sleep at another location that night. And one of the other campers loaning me a volume or two of D. Grayman, which is, was the first manga I ever read. Oh, that's really cool, that's actually. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, Patrick. <laughs> We got time for one more uh, camping story, if you got it. Okay. Um, in the early years of middle school, um, this being before my, my middle school transition from 6th to 8th grade, from 7th to 8th, so this would have been my 7th grade year, um, We there was a, a camp, a week-long camp that every one of the seventh graders would go to for about a week and that would be late march early april um like jackson the camp was more or less in cabins so we didn't have to you know pitch tents or and they you know they fed us standard camp grub there um but i got to learn how to fell a tree while I was over there, and that was an interesting experience. Did you get to take home the tree? Would I have been able to take home a tree? I don't know. I just like imagining a sixth grade Patrick trying to take a giant chunk of tree home and put it in his backpack. Like, I mean, not even like a pine cone, just like a, an actual like hunk of tree. I mean, it was it was a sizable tree. They they had a whole bunch of like safety stuff to make sure you didn't hurt yourself or it fell on you. But 
that was one hmm. of the that was my camp experience more or less um i did do scouts for a couple years but we never really ended up we may have done camping but i did not end up going with them for one reason or another i don't recall that far back anyways thank you for humoring our camping stories dear listeners but the important thing to know is that while camping can be a solo activity it is also important to come together as a team to make a lovely ideal camping experience for everybody and i would in fact say that the team that made this tent come together gave it a gave it a solid and sturdy foundation and in fact made it work lovely mm -hmm. Okay, I, I, I should probably drop this analogy before this gets a little bit confused. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of the work that Jade Saxton has done over the past several years at Funimation, now Crunchyroll. And I think it's because she does a lot of really interesting shows and really isn't afraid to do some fun variety, doing a lot of, like, the mystical Jap... I actually didn't realize till you had brought it up that she does do... A lot of very like Japanese culture style shows on top of like the other stuff she does too. Because she's done like Token Ranbu, Hanamaru, Konohana Kitan, Kakariyo, Bed and Be Breakfast for Spirits, and the uh, recently Natsume's Book of Friends as well. So I, I get the feeling that she does enjoy working on that like Japanese style culture programming as well as some cuter and funnier stuff as well. Yeah. And hey, hey, hmm? hey, we're getting something. No, no, no. I, I was just, I was still talking, thinking to myself. Please continue. Okay, but I think Jade does a lot of really interesting stuff, and I think her and her team really came together and make something like this work during a interesting season where they were doing a lot of backlog titles over at Crunchyroll, and it was very nice to see this one get a backlog title. I gotta say, this was an interesting cast, which we'll get to briefly, in that it was a lot of newer people, as well as a lot of more experienced actors getting to play characters they don't typically get to play. Mm, yeah, but I guess that was uh, very interesting. Definitely not who I would have expected to play these characters, but I thought they all did them really well. I would almost argue, I would almost say, I, I remember talking about, like, everybody was always kind of thinking who could be in a laid-back camp dub for a number of years. I actually find it very amusing Jade was the one who took this dub in particular, because I remember I would always see people, like, imagine Rin as, like, the quintessential Jade Saxton character. Yeah. So, in a way, it was kind of funny to see it come full circle that Jade was the one at the helm of this one in particular. Mm -hmm. I also... I also think the script... I, I want to give shout-out to Heather in particular... In that I feel like the script is cozy, tourist, informative, while also giving it just the right amount of spice and zest into a lot of the things these teenagers are quipping up. Oh, oh, yeah. 
Where? Yeah, but I actually really wanted to braise a script for this one. Any particular lines that caught your attention, or you wanted to bring up? Uh, I mean, I mean, there, are, I mean, there's just like a lot of really good kind of uh, back and forth quits between all the characters, and some really um, solid banter. I knew I found the music, you know, ranting something like "Oh, what a charming little idiot" or something like that. I thought was pretty funny. But uh, it's uh, but just in general, I really kind of like the way they handled the script because. Um, as, uh, because it's like a good balance between, you know, the whole uh, slice of life kind of juicy vibe the show generally has. And then uh, making the characters actually sound like teenagers without going into, you know, the whole how do you do fellow kids thing that uh, some writers kind of tend to fall into when trying to do this stuff. But uh, I thought it sort of balanced really well. I was very impressed with the script. I thought it was very charming and funny, and there's a lot of very funny lines that I remember always cracking me up, or just just fun things that they would say to each other. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, th this is them having fun and messing with each other, but not in a way that I ever felt they were being mean. It was just, oh, these are how friends would would talk to each other. Like I I found it particularly funny. When uh, Chiaki was trying to deal with her new bull and get the lacquer coating off of it. And she's doing this little, like, dorky seminar. And Aoi just goes, Why are you like this? Yeah. I, it, just, it just cracked me up. I, I enjoy the general vibe of uh, these people are friends that uh, snark on each other in group chat. <clears throat> I like that, I too. Even Reen, where it's just like she is like this sort of quiet introvert. I love watching her interactions with Enna, which is somebody who she's been close with for years. And then just kind of messing here with her. It's like, give me food, jerk. It's like, no, you'll starve. Too bad. I've sent a hundred bears, tigers, and chihuahuas to come get you. Oh, no. Why? Now I'm dead, you jerk. I starve to death, jerk. It's like, that's... That's so great. And then there's everything Nadashiko says. She is this sweet little sun child. I think they, they call her sweet little idiot. Or they say that she is very much like a doggy herself. And it, it, it shows in the way she talks. Where she is silly. And she is charming. And you can tell her friends love and appreciate her for it. I would love to talk more about who plays these characters in particular, if that's okay with you, gents. No, but... it's not. I, I actually I would. I do have some points to make. Uh, Go for it. So, yeah, I, 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 th I thought you were doing a bit, and we're just going to be like, no, it's not okay. How dare you? Uh, I do generally enjoy uh, Heather's writing on the characters. Like, This is a very jokey script. Uh Add to that the kind of variety that Jade is at adding to uh, the direction to kind of like a thing that comes up a lot is a bunch of silly voices in this one, and everybody's making those kind of kind of silly voices like old man voice or granny voice or uh, I love granny voice in particular. Uh, just these silly little things. Uh, they they're adapting some of the 
uh, anime-isms and anime noises in funny ways. Like, you can quite clearly see this is where she's saying itadakimasu, but we've translated it as uh, this little sing-songy ramen, ramen in a cup, eat it up. Bless this curry. Uh, Slurp it all up, yeah. Or just like uh, vacant stare. For those kind of things. Uh, I, I think it does... So, uh, it's very jokey and try and keep it like, uh, in teenager voice. There's like one or two times that it, uh, uh, grazes against me, the rubs me the wrong way. I think when, uh, they were trying to use like, uh, like or legit as filler words, uh, just peeked out at me like that, but this is all to taste. And that's like 2% of the script. It sounds like for you, there was definitely a lot more hits than there were misses. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so, I, I think of Noah when I make when I'm making this next point is that uh, I did have some trouble telling uh, the voices of the main cast apart, where they're all kind of in the similar vocal tone. So, if I am looking away from the screen for a moment, I can't tell if Aoi or Chica. Or Anna is talking at, in that moment. Uh, I get that. Yeah, that I get is that. kind of the trap you can fall into with these kind of shows where a lot of these characters are kind of expected to sound similar. So you kind of end up with a lot of similar sounded performances, which is a good point I would normally have about these kind of shows. But in this case, I did feel that. I at least did appreciate that uh, not as you go and read specifically felt very distinct to me like with those who I could definitely tell whatever it was them on screen which I appreciated mm-hmm. you, can you tell that I'm looking for nitpicks <laughs> you, you're, I can tell you are very much being, you are trying to be a responsible respectable critic and being like okay maybe this wasn't quite so perfect with while trying to not be biased and be like Oh, it's great. It's great. I've wanted this for so many years, and it's fucking good. I I need to find something to pick on besides them uh, pronouncing Rin and Nadashiko, where I would expect Rin and Nadeshko. Oh, God. Nadashiko took me so long to get used to, because I've been calling her Nadeshko for years. We we know how this story goes. I can tell where my brain is at, where I somehow didn't. I got, like, now that you say it, it's like, oh, yeah, that is obviously the wrong pronunciation, but I guess I wasn't thinking about it the whole time. It's it's one of those things where it's like there's always a differentiation between either what they think the correct pronunciation is or what the uh, studio think, the studio or the producers want the pronunciation to be. It's what Japan And it's one of those. Well, that, uh, it's whatever, whatever Japan goes with, that, that's going to be well, what that, it is. Look, to be fair. Okay, look, to be fair, it's pretty egregious here, but nothing will ever beat us being cursed with C-Mode instead of Simon. Oh, that that really (laughs) is the king, isn't it? (laughs) Anyways, so with that being said, I I very much enjoyed the stuff Jade and her team have worked on, especially major shoutouts to Heather's writing in particular. I would like to discuss our main campers for tonight's discussion. So, starting us off, we will be talking about Nadashiko Kagamihara, Rin Shima, Chiaki Ogaki, Aoi Inuyama, Anna Saito, 
their uh, club advisor, Miss Minami Toba, and our lovely narrator. The benevolent body who is always giving you a lot of good camping advice and just little good to-dos about things in the area. He's a very helpful voice who is also Reen's grandpa. Yep, At least it wasn't the Japanese. I'm pretty sure they did the same thing yeah, here too, but a, I can't uh, 100% yeah, I, confirm I, I that. Make three, I make really positive it's he does make an appearance uh, in the flesh, and it does sound like him. Yeah. Okay. So it is possibly the narrator and also Rain's grandpa, who is basically just a travel junkie. So, let's go into who plays these characters. Our narrator slash uh, camping granddaddy is Larry Cassidy. Uh, Miss Minami Toba is Leah Clark. Uh, Miss Enesaito is Molly Zhang. Aoi Inuyama is Hannah Alia. Chiaki Ogaki is Caitlin Barr. Rin Shima is Celeste Perez. And Nadashiko Kagamihara is Morgan Lore. The narrator? I could not find anything on. This was a name... We weren't even particularly sure about, but Jackson, you actually went ahead and messaged uh, Jade yourself to ask who the narrator was, and that's how we got the name Larry Cassidy. Yeah, I saw her posting about uh, uh, making or being more active on Instagram. I happened to have an Instagram account from uh, way back in the day, uh, and I just slid into DMs to ask, "Yo, who plays this guy? No one, no one's credited him anywhere, or no one's uh, come forward either." Uh, and we got the name Larry Cassidy. Uh, and I don't even recognize that name from A and N. Really, we're kind of working. We're kind of flying blind with this particular casting, in particular. He seems to have. This seems to be his first anime. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would assume uh, he does like radio or uh, commercial voiceover in Texas, because he's. I could very much. I could very much see yeah, that uh, yeah, to his voice. Yeah, he yeah. definitely got a very radio announcer type voice. I can see that. Okay, uh, going onwards, uh, Leah Clark as Miss Toba has played characters such as Satomi Tachibana in How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, Mio Naganahara in Nichijou My Ordinary Life, and Kobayashi in Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Uh, Molly Zhang as Enna has played characters like Henri Kaido in Aoashi, Natsumi Ohashi in More Than a Married Couple But Not Lovers, and Yui Hajimitsu, my favorite little blonde bitch, in Shikamori's Not Just a Cutie. Hana Alia, Alia, oh god, I'm botching her name, probably. Hannah, okay. Come yeah, and say it with confidence. Alia. Oh, Christ. I apologize, Hannah. I'm sorry. I don't know how to say your name. You can correct me or chastise me later. Uh, Hannah, uh, at the time when this came out, I believe Owie was her first named role, but she has since gone to play characters such as Bon Ying... Oh, God, speaking of botch. Bon Yingnyu in Raven of the Inner Air Palace and Kira Noha in Natsume's Book of Friends. Caitlin Barr as Chiaki 
Uh, she's played such characters as Miss Toberu in Aharin-san wa Hakarinain, Rim in The Dungeon of Black Comic... Rim in The Dungeon of Black Company, and Ami Kake in Kakushi Goto. Celeste Perez as Rin. Celeste has played characters such as Runa in Beast Tamer, Sakura Kono in Horimiya, and Sei Takanashi in The Saint's Magic Power is omnipotent. And Morgan Lorray as Nadashiko. She has played characters such as Hime Goto in Kakushi Goto, Ayaka Uehara in How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, and Yuko Aoi in Nichijo My Ordinary Life. So, we were kind of talking about him already, but Larry Cassidy, I, I definitely do agree with you in that he definitely has what I could describe as, like, the commercial radio voice, and I think that's exactly what this narrator needed, was to be an a casual, formal, informative person about the inner workings of camping and camping fun facts. And I think for what that called for, he's got a very unique, but very soothing voice. I think that's what they needed for the narrator in particular, was soothing. Like, and I would, I, I would agree. Larry's got that. About you think so? Yeah, yeah. Like being frank, it, it sounds like Larry Cassie has like that ideal dad voice. <sighs> if you, if you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, I was thinking, like, science teacher, but definitely someone that's uh, laying out lectures. I, I, I want you to elaborate further on that, Patrick. What level of dad are we talking? Because the phrase dad means many different things for many different characters. What kind of dad are we working with here? I mean, maybe not so much dad, but maybe, you know, the uncle or grandpa, the, the one who reads the storybook, the one that, you know... Takes you Are we out talking? And tells you story. It's like the voice that tells you stories. The guy that takes we you talking out into the guy the woods who's... and teaches you how to uh, fall a tree. <laughs> yes, that would do it. I, I, he's got that very casual, that nice casualness to him, but like he sounds traveled. If that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, that's traveled that level of world wisdom he has accumulated through years to decades. This is somebody who has life experience. He is street smart. He knows things and has learned things through trial and error. And he wants to share that with you, dear baby weeaboo, who cannot fend for yourself. If you were left alone in the woods for maybe like three hours, you would possibly hurt yourself or maybe get eaten by a bear. You don't even have so cell I'm going to help you. There. You don't even have cell reception. How are you going to download waifu pictures with there's no signal in the woods, idiot? And there's another thing I really appreciate about his performance, and that is... Um... Oh, how do I word this? Like, I guess along the lines of when I said he, he has a great dad voice, like, he also chooses certain lines where he delivers it with sort of that com It's not like a comic punch, but it's just like, 
he says it with a little bit of a comedic twist that you're just like you get a you get a very sensible chuckle out of it i think i know what you're talking about because there's kind of that one moment where they break the fourth wall a little where it's like these are the kind of end of tents that you would really want in a situation like this and then nanashiko goes yeah but be warned, they are quite costly. Oh, I mean, there's that, and then um, it, it's the moments where he introduces um, secret society blanket as well. Yes, <laughs> that that is like the best moment where just it secret society blankets, <laughs> and then the sequel when it's all five of them at Christmas, secret society blanket has spread its influence throughout the land. We'll come for Led us by Commander Chikua. And, like, but, you, yeah, it's you fun. You get the sense that he, like, he's having a little bit of a playful time with, with lines like that, and it's, it's very welcome. You know what Larry Cassidy has? He's not only just worldly, he encapsulates dad joke energy i think that's where you're trying to go with in that he's got a bit of comedic tone it's not just comedic it is dad joke comedy oh, it's a, oh, it's a, oh yeah yeah you know what yeah the way yeah. he yeah the way he delivered some of those uh lines where he's clearly trying to be jokey it does sound very like pure dad energy not it's like not you could just imagine delivering any bad puns in the script himself but, but he's saying them with that tone he he is a person. The, his particular cadence is somebody you can tell will hold on to that one dad bomb for decades. Maybe like he will hold on to one of those jokes for a long time, and then the second he lets it rip at the ideal perfect opportunity, it is devastating. And that is, that is the biggest praise I can give to Larry Cassidy in that I have never heard your work before, sir. Not only was it very cozy and soothing, it encapsulates the perfect dad joke energy. Yeah, I would hope to get some more uh, character-focused stuff with him uh, in the future. You know, uh, more, As more in would the I. No. Definitely... Uh, Character you should be listening to, lest you uh, set the Mexican forest on fire. Uh, now, the character most likely to probably cause a forest fire here, I would say, is Miss Chug herself. Would you gents agree with oh, that? Absolutely. I could see it. Okay, I, I was cu curious what you're talking about with like setting a forest on fire. Oh no! Uh, I have uh, just dropped the uh, bomb into the group chat. Uh, this this is some uh, screenshots from 4chan. Don't worry about that. Uh, but a fan oh. of Eurocamp uh, went camping. You you <laughs> gotta be listening go to well. these PSAs. You got they have them every episode. Pay attention to your campfire. Uh, don't set Mexico on fire, like this uh, gentleman did. <sighs> As uh, oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're the one who's dead meat, buddy. 
fuck camping and fuck Yuru Camp. I'm never leaving Hobel again as an actual cloud of smoke and dust. How do I fix this? <gasps> Stop, oh, drop, God. and roll? Oh, no. <laughs> I love how everybody's like, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, Are you a cop? Also, I didn't do nothing. Also, I'm in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Strong fire consumes hectares in Mexico, Laredo. The, the burning smoke is not a Chico looks. I, I do love the footer of this. It's just uh, not a Chico observing a... Uh, well, we can't see it, but it is bright and it is red. Whatever she's looking at. Oh, I know this is all a visual bit that's going to have to go in the episode. I just... I, I had never seen this before. This is... Speaking of holding on to jokes for years. Oh. <laughs> Shall we move on to uh, Leah Clark? Yes, Please. do tell. What have you been holding on to all this time? I, I do quite enjoy uh, just this uh, useless drunkard uh, teacher archetype. Uh, the, the first time we see her, uh, she is completely sloshed and completely unintelligible as she's uh, just trying to make demands, uh, trying to uh, get these high school students to join her for a drink, you know, break the law. Absolutely sloshed. Completely, utterly sloshed. Could you not get completely smashed the minute I take my eyes off you for once, please? Which I also wanted to give a shout out to the uh, actor that uh, plays uh, her androgynous, attractive sister, Rowan Gilvey. Rowan Gilvey, who played uh, her sister Ryoko Toba. I thought for the one episode that uh, Rowan, Rowan, or Rowan was in it, I thought they were very funny, very androgynous, but also very matter-of-factly and i i do love the delivery uh they give about like you i took my eye off you for a minute how are you already this bad you were pre-gaming weren't you <laughs> that was pretty that was pretty funny yeah but leah clark leah clark has two modes as miss topa she has very casual very authoritative like she is a sweet, unassuming teacher, a nice lady, a charming lady, probably well-liked by her students. And she can drink you under the fucking table. If you think you can out-drink her, buddy, you're out of your mind. She is going to annihilate you at that drinking contest. And she knows it. And Leah is so, 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 so funny at sounding like an absolute drunken mess. Which is why it's very funny that it's like, oh, this is... Kobayashi is playing Miss Toburu, which is... Which, which is perfect. Also, she's, she's got has very good drunken snoring noises she gives. Because I, I just think of putting the hat with the glasses on her and just, like, the absolutely, like, feral she gives is, like, 
delightful and very, very funny. Uh-oh, someone clogged the white noise machine. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I do kind of like at some point she, she just kind of completely gives up as soon as she is caught. And like everything about being in the club advisor is against her will. But it's very funny. Mm -hmm. she, she does kind of get dragged along the whole while, but you know, eventually she sits down, cracks open a ball, and uh, that's where she lives for the rest of the series. In that chair. In that chair at the bottom of the bottle. Never mind that these girls need a chaperone to drive them around. Uh, she ain't gonna do it. We'll worry about Honestly, that in the morning. I have some I have still seen more irresponsible adult figures dealing with high school children in plenty of other anime that somebody just getting drunk is somehow not even that bad. <laughs> she does at least uh, chastise them for starting a fire, which seems like, you know, the responsible thing to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they seem more or less harmless, no. but then they almost shipped their friend like FedEx, and she had nowhere to go. It had a handle with care sticker on it. She, she would have been fine. I, God, I, I just adore that little thing where they just, they're like trying to insulate her on the cheap, and then they're like, wow, this is really warm. Yes, yeah, um, speaking of one of those uh, How do nonsense, I pee? You know, speaking of one of those like nonsense expert, experimenting fucking around scenes where uh, Larry's narrating over it and providing the useful information. Kids, do not do this. <laughs> That would be bad. This is a great idea, More except for a uh, little uh, oversight. But yeah, um, Leah is very, very funny. Would you, would you, would you all agree with that? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, she, she is a very funny character. She's a welcome addition to the squad, but I do quite enjoy her as well actually I, I know we didn't mention her but uh did you want to briefly th toss in uh Nadashiko's uh older sister uh Sakura quickly is it hot? Uh, Sakura's hot I, 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 I you put me on the spot <laughs> I was going I was trying to figure out how to sort of segue this and Robin Clayton is another actress where I am very unfamiliar with their work, but I actually thought she did a very good job sounding like this very cool, collective uh, college girl who's also kind of a bit of... She's very funny in her own right when she's chastising her sister and calling her, like, forgetful or piggy. It's not a mobile phone if it doesn't go with you, dumbass. <laughs> Just a very raw, genuine emotion. Yeah. And... and when she's not around uh, Nadashiko, she is very much this older, like, loner type. Uh, you know, kind of kudari face. You know, very cool as a cucumber. Likes going for long drives. Likes uh, finding little nice out-of-the-way out cafes and having a drink by the lake. Uh, she She's kind of similar to... She's like an older Reen in the sense that she is a little bit more introverted 
and not because she is lonely, but because she kind of enjoys the contemplative silence. Mm -hmm. Though I would say my favorite scene with her is when uh, she is the chaperone and her sister wanted to catch the sunrise. And she's basically like, all right, I'm going to go to the, the convenience store. What do you want? And then, like, she just starts listing off a bunch of, like, things. Like, I want some ramen, and I want some ice cream, and I want some pancakes and potato chips. And it's like, okay, you're getting a rice ball and tea. <laughs> that, that was a very cute scene. <laughs> it was a very cute and very real scene. She I, ju I just want to quickly uh, give a shout-out to, Ro to Robin as Sakura, because... I wanted to talk about the more responsible chaperone in that scenario. <laughs> and yes, it, while we're all just revealing ourselves, yes, Sakura is pretty hot. She also has good taste because she's a big fan of Kino's Journey. Or whatever XP that their uh, title that they're using when they clearly mean Kino's Journey. What? Uh, it's like Moped Journey or something like that is this anime series that uh, Sakura is into. Oh, I completely missed that. Oh my god, yeah, you're right. What else could it be? <laughs> Again, another uh, fanciful Yashike series that you watch like one episode at a time before bed. That one has a little more violence in it. Game recognized game. Only slightly. Game recognized game. Only slightly more violence. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Who would like to talk about uh, Anna Saito and her adorable little dog? I'll briefly mention Chikua first. Um, sure, uh, uh, sure, I'll go. Uh, was it, I mean, if I had to pick a favorite besides the Beidou, I would probably go with Saito. I, I, I think she just has good vibes, and Molly does a good job of. I'm getting that across where she just comes off as very uh, she just comes off as very chill and down to earth which is uh, kind of which is kind of nice and even compared to the other ones she just kind of seems the most normal which is uh, pretty amusing in its own way once it bounce off the other characters I would agree that I do think Enna has good vibes going for her but I also kind of adore the fact that she is very... How, how do I describe this? She's kind of a charming asshole in her own right. But it's never, like, malicious. It's just... She loves to tease Reen a lot. And you can tell she loves to tease Reen a lot. Yeah. She knows how to speak uh, Reen's language. Uh, I would describe her as a meddler and no noisy. Sorry, nosy. Uh, nosy. You know. Yeah. Uh, just always, always up in her business and being like, uh, "Can I set you two up on a play date? I'm sure I could. I could figure this out. Don't you doubt me." I, I, I think there's something interesting in the fact that I feel like, I think. I don't think Enna is nosy in the fact that she is fucking with her introverted friend who really doesn't want to hang out with anybody. Because uh, I, I think there's like that there could be misconstrued that level of like she is being jerk to somebody who really wants to be alone right now. I think it's that she recognizes that her and Natashiko 
do get along and would vibe together. So she's like, you know what? Don't mind me. I'm just going to drop this link for you. If you want to do something with that, have at thee. Yeah, just kind of gently nudge uh, Rin outside of her comfort zone and uh, branch out and make some other friends. Right, my first note on uh, Enna was she's the extrovert that adopted Rin. (laughs) 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 You know... Which is just a nice way to crystallize this. That is... Oh, wow, that... Oh, that is perfect. That is perfect and very accurate. And, you know, when Enna finally starts going on camping trips with the club... Like, she, she gives off this real, I'm just happy to be here energy. Yeah, she, she's like, excited like, to learn to about included. all this stuff. Yeah. I'm just happy to be like included. She's a, she's a good kid. Like, she's she's not really bitching and moaning. She's just like, you know what? I'm here along for the ride. Let's see what happens. Uh, this is kind of yeah. fun. This is kind of yeah, chill. Yeah, too, which I appreciate the punchline, but even after all that, and even after, like, you know, it's my thing. Uh, most of the show tried to recruit her and Rin, and then when she's asked to join, she's like, "Yeah, hey, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I still want to say the going home club." I like I like my free time. This was fun, but I'm good. She is a lady. Like she, she's very she's very honest with them. I she she does not give into peer pressure. She's just like, "Eh, I'm good." That was fun, though. I'll hang out with you guys still, but nah. What if instead and I stay under my sheets all day? It's warm there. With which Chikua, which uh, shout out to adorable puppy noises, Kristen McGuire as the adorable little bunny bun Chikua, which I, I think one of my favorite line deliveries for Anna in particular is when Chikua hides under the drunken lady's warm sheets. And she's trying to lure out the dog. Who's like, oh, look, oh, you're so hungry. Who's my sweet little baby boy? And then gives the little snack to Nadashiko. All right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take this. Now run for your life! And then she just starts screaming and yelling because she's confused. And then it's like, oh. it's a it's a rough it's a rough world out there. A bunny bun world. Eat or be eaten. I just love that delivery. It was so fucking funny. Now, while now while Nadeshko is learning about uh, survival of the fittest and natural selection, let's carry on with our conversation. Oh yeah, uh, which was which was the line from uh, Aki in that scene? Uh, that was not a transition, unfortunately. Ah, I thought you were going for one, which I respected that. But you know what? A for effort. I really like Molly. I really like Molly Zhang. I really liked her a lot in Shikamori's Not Just a Cutie. And I think she's really got this very fun, down-to-earth, conversational friendliness to her that she gives to Enna. And I think she just... I think, Jed, I think you're right. She just has good vibes, and she vibes with everybody. She's very chill and down-to-earth. But she is not afraid to just fuck with her sleeping friend and give her a giant tower bun, like a cactus bun hair. And everybody's just staring at her. And she's just like, ha ha ha, my job here is done. (laughs) 
which I also love that scene where they get where she gives everybody rain buns and then she gives Nadashiko the cactus hair and then she's like, ooh, ooh, we should all do a selfie together with the rain buns. And then she takes a selfie and sees her hair and then uh, she just goes, you got me. <laughs> which was very, very funny. So yeah, um, anything else you want to add to uh, talking about Molly Zhang here, gents? I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay. So, Molly Zhang is a relatively fresher face. Hannah, this is the first time we are talking about Hannah on the Dub Talk podcast. Which, by the way, welcome to Dub Talk. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. And I hope to talk about you again more in the future. Who would like to start us off? <laughs> She's got a snaggle tooth. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the correct term is flesh fang. She does have the flesh fang, yes. It is she has a very charming design. She's got she's got the bushy eyebrows and she's got the little flesh fang and she's just got a nice little friendly smile. And she is very cute, yes. And she's a little gremlin. And she's also a little gremlin in her own right too. She tries to be the big sister, but she's also very much she's very much Chiaki's ride or die ho. She likes to just yeah, you can definitely tell that between the two. She is kind of the straight man, which is uh, pretty amazing. I have a hard time saying that any one character is the straight man at all the times, but what I like about uh, Aoi's uh, contributions is she's usually like the last one to talk in one of these. She gets like the last zinger in there in basically every scene that she's going I for. I will agree with you there because there's like a whole room camp segment at the end where they're trying to create uh, a new mascot to get in members and the punchline is we are combining animals with food or camping things and then she just kind of ends it with the great little zinger. Our mascot's kind of half-baked. They're, do which... they're doing another silly gag in one of these room camp shorts uh, where they're pretending uh, to uh, Nadeshko is uh, furniture or uh, Mount Fuji, and she's like, why is it always me? Because you're the funny one. <laughs> I, I, I think you're I think you're onto something in that Aoi's dynamic is that she is quiet, but she she delivers the zinger at the right time. Which is a great dynamic to have with your group of friends. And I think Hannah is very interesting in that she does capture that big sister friendly vibe to all the friends. But she is also not above being silly and goofy with the rest of them, too. Like, she's not above it. If anything, she actually kind of... I think she enjoys letting herself go a little bit and getting roped into these shenanigans. Because even though she kind of hates... She says she hates dealing with uh, Chiaki when she gets like this, especially as far back as middle school. It's like, no, she's still there. She's still watching her friend, uh, she's still watching her friend try and do a science class and then just goes, Aki, why are you like this? <laughs> Which is one of my favorite deliveries, one of my favorite lines on the show. And then they both burn their hands on the giant 
heated skillet and give a, a giant scream like, ah! Yeah. But I, Hannah? I did not know what to expect from Hannah, especially, like, I knew Owie in particular was pretty popular with people. I was kind of not sure what to expect from somebody's very first named character and honestly exceptionally impressed with hannah's work in particular i think she she had a pretty tall task ahead of her and i would say she captured everything that owie needed she needed to be she needed to sound like the bit authoritative big sister while also not being afraid to get silly and goofy along with the rest of them yeah, yeah it's a fair bit different from uh the uh Japanese performance, I think, which was playing more into that uh, Ara Ara uh, archetype, I want to say. Uh, she, I would definitely agree with you in that they were very much playing more for, like, that high schooler Ara Ara vibes, yeah. On that point. Which I don't think it's a bad change, all things considered. Yeah. And, uh, I think she seems a little more like... A high school girl kind of trying to figure it out, but at least somebody who is comfortable with, like, herself and her friends. Yeah. I'm also... I'm not 100% sure, because she only had, like, two, three lines, but I'm pretty sure her... I think her little sister was Lindsay Seidel, by the way. Yeah, probably. Hmm. I think she becomes more important in the second season, so we'll probably confirm there, but... I thought her si her sister was very cute and also very much her mini me. Yeah. Well, one thing that uh, comes up more later on is, uh, and we got kind of just a taste in season one is her her chant for just telling straight lies. Uh, like, uh, I'm spending Christmas with my boyfriend. I can't join you guys. I'm, I'm, oh, I lied. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just uh, joshing you. Uh, so you have a boyfriend. I usually now? spend Christmas. With I usually spend Christmas with my family. You have a family now? You got a family now? You got a problem with that, punk? <laughs> like, I think that's what it is, is that Aoi and Chiaki are a two-man comedy duo. And I think that's what makes them work, is that they bounce off of each other perfectly in that regard. I and I would say... They do share the the brain cell. They do share it on the regular. One day Aki will get a turn. <laughs> Someday Chiaki will get a turn on the Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That day is not yeah, today. Though, on that note, do you think it's time to let chiaki hold the brain cell for a couple of minutes while we talk about her i, I mean no, i mean she's i mean she's not gonna use it but we can talk about her anyway she's not gonna use it but it's just it's just the matter of having it that that makes all the difference the reality is she's all it. yeah she's holding the idiot ball at all times though which i want to now that we're actually here i want to credit a particular thing about the casting and something I really want to highlight Jade for in particular. So I know there's a lot of actors that, for better or for worse, are kind of put in a bit of a... Um, there is a character or a voice they are very good at. And if they are very good at, a lot of people like to hire them for that specific voice in particular for a lot of things. And where I'm going to go with Caitlin Barr, and especially when we talk about Morgan Lorraine in particular, because this counts for her too, 
I would say Caitlin Barr and Morgan Larray are very good at playing sexy lady. Like, big, cool, big, suave, older lady, sometimes very, very sexy, very sensual lady. Are you saying say that's is a not ca- sexy or desirable? What I am saying is I I really appreciate Jade's casting of Caitlyn and Morgan in particular because I feel Jade is one of those directors that lets those types of people play characters they don't typically do. And where I'm going with this is Caitlyn Barr is playing the fucking goofiest, silliest, dorkiest, dweebiest motherfucker in the goddamn universe. As a, oh. And I love As it. A, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of the characters in the show are pretty silly, but, like, Chiaki is just consistently a disaster. Chiaki is is a disaster and she tries so hard i think that's what makes her so funny is that she tries so hard to be cool she tries so hard to be like the big senpai the captain while she's dealing with what is basically a giant puppy dog club member where there's holding the meetings and she's just going captain what are we doing here it's like i don't don't know i I didn't get that far yet captain what kind of snacks are we i don't know bring your own fucking snacks i don't i don't know i mean i mean there's a lot of great bits in the show, but I think like the one to me that is just consistently the funniest, and I think the one where you really see how well Caitlin gets the character is that it's a bit where she's over at Vanessa's house and then like offers to make her food because she's sick, and then the rest of the family comes in and she has to make food for them. I also want to give a shout out to that scene in particular because for a brief moment when they are texting Reem back and forth, Morgan has to pretends to be Caitlyn. Like, specifically, like, because they do that thing where, like, she's talking through the text, but there's, like, specific lines where it's, like, she's talking like a different person, and Morgan is briefly... She is briefly Chiaki pretending to be Nadashiko. And I want to give highlights to that bit in particular, because that's very funny. And yeah, you're right, just her kind of getting roped into cooking for her own family where she's like you're from this area you clearly know how to make this food ah uh, sure i do i know how to make it i know I how to look up, up the instructions a YouTube tutorial which you know what <laughs> yes, that's yes, a great yes. lesson for life yes, yes, you, yes, anybody yes. can I'd... cook you just need a, to follow uh, yeah. a recipe yeah yeah to it's good on her for like going to a youtube video if i were in that situation i totally would have just bought some meal Clearly, I am a genius who knows how to tie a tie and didn't just look up that one video on YouTube. You know the one. It's got 18 million views. God, it's got so many views because nobody knows how to tie a tie. But, no, I I, I honestly, like, Caitlin Barr plays a lot of, like, interesting characters. It's very rare I get to hear her play fucking Goofy. And Chiaki is so silly so goofy and makes such outrageously funny noises and quips and just argues with owie it's so much and it's so so funny like caitlin is an absolute riot one of my favorites is when she's on her own uh, going in for a job interview uh they sit down on a milk crate uh she falls through it it's like did you do that on purpose 
No. Can you help me up, please? Which, <laughs> I, which I, I, I need to talk about, I think more than anything, the thing I cannot believe is how a miner got to work at a at a alcohol store. I mean, I've worked at a winery. It wasn't that weird. But I was working out in the vineyards. So. I guess so. It was just the idea of, like, you are literally selling booze to people and need to check their ID when you yourself don't even clear that ID. Small, t- kind of small town vibes. Me. You're right. That is very much small town vibes. Like, yeah, you do what you gotta do. Oh, yes. You gotta fu- you gotta find your camp. Get help. Are you? Was oh, that Patrick? I was just agreeing with you. Yep. Okay. What What did you think of Miss Chiaki? I thought she managed to get off the gremlin energy really well um i know she switches that role between herself and um and owie uh much like the brain cell depending on what characters are in play at any given time um her face screenshot game is to die for (laughs) she's got some goodies um, correct me if I'm wrong. She is the one who gets wrapped up in the in the foil, correct? Yes. She is the one that they put in tin foil. They put her in <clears throat> bubble wrap, and then they get cardboard around her. And then they're like, "This is great." Um, what do I do if I gotta go pee? Just that entire, <laughs> like that entire sequence with the, with that face that just stays frozen through the entire sequence. It really was just like a Three Stooges gag. Come here, Curly. And it, it, it was delightful. And I, I really do like Caitlin Barr as her, considering, you know, this is a, quite a bit against type for what she typically gets cast as. Um, and most importantly, she... The biggest bar is like how much gremlin energy she could emit and she passed that with flying colors that she did so i think yeah more than anything i really want to credit the inspired casting choice for caitlin Barr playing this kind of character which is very different from what i usually hear of her and absolutely paid off mm-hmm. fantastic love 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 caitlin as this absolute disaster child and i love it i love it so much my next question to you is this do we do them separately or are they just are they just two of a pair do we just talk about these last two together? i feel like it's more appropriate to talk about them together mm-hmm I, too, would like to talk about the someone-will-die-of-fun pair that is Nadashiko and Rin. These, to me, were the characters I feel like. I like I like Chiaki, I like Aoi, I like Enna, I like Istoba, I like all those characters. I think they're fun to me. I think they're enjoyable, but I was like, if they weren't perfect, I could kind of, like, deal Nadashiko and Rin were like the make it or break it of this entire show for me. These are the heart. They are the heart 
of what makes laid-back camp work. They are silly teenagers, but they are also incredibly different teenagers that find a common interest and come together and warm up to each other. You had to have someone who was cold. So here's the thing with Rin. I feel like... With Rin in particular, I'll start off with Rin. I think the thing that was hard or could be tricky with Rin is that Rin is not cold. She is not cold to people. She does not inherently dislike people. She is not like... How do I describe it? As, as, okay, she's an introvert. She That doesn't mean she necessarily hates people. Like, that's the thing. It's like, she does not hate high school. She does not hate everybody around her. She does not think everybody that doesn't think like her is an idiot like she's Mindy Kaling's Velma. Uh, somehow I knew that's where you to go with that. It wasn't where I was going, but once I thought of it, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, that's too perfect not to go with it. But Rin is just quiet. She is a quiet girl that likes to keep to herself. She is not mean. She is not cold. She is not somebody who cannot make connections. She just kind of chooses not to. And I feel like it could have been very easy to make Rin sound colder and meaner than she actually is. And I think Celeste Perez absolutely nails Rin. Mm -hmm. I think she absolutely gets what Rin needed to work and is also a lot more humorous and expressive even that I think I was even expecting out of Rin, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it actually enhances my appreciation for Rin all the it's more. A, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, 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 like she, yeah, uh, she definitely gets the inadvertentness apart really well, and I really appreciate that in Celeste's performance. But at the same time, but at, uh, but at the same time, you know, she does have friends that she clearly values, that she does like joking around with them, even if it's through, you know, maybe like more Stark equips and. And Celeste handled a lot of that really well, too. And since we did the moments where they're all kind of, like, texting each other back and forth, and she has to, you know, like, try to sound, like, really starky and whatever she's texting someone, I think that Celeste is particularly good at that. So, I, I know this is going to go clearly away from the discussion of their vocal performances for a second, but I kind of want to take a quick second to highlight something I think this show does very well. This show has one of the most genuine, real, and anti-cynical approaches to cell phone communication and social media I think I've, like, seen in an anime like this. When it's not Honestly, talking about yeah, I think the I know internet in general. The internet and social media in general. Uh, I think it was... It, in a show that is the center focus is nature... It felt like it could have been very easy to play it like the most bitter boomer man on the earth and be like, this says a cell lot about phone society. and 
this says a lot about society. Cell phone technology. All the kids are on their mobile devices. They're staring down looking at their Instagrams and their TikToks and their grinders when they should be going outside playing stickball with the kids in the yard or smelling some flowers and getting rough and tumbled and beating the shit out of each other with rocks like the good old days. You know, that kind of person. Yeah. Where, where was that analogy going? I don't know. I kind of got really? lost. <laughs> That's the one you pull from? Uh... I'm going to be real. It seems like something a very angry, confused, conservative dad will be like, Oh, my kid looked up the grinder once and now he's off sucking the cocks like them, you know, those types. Wow, I'm really losing the uh, uh, anyway, this discussion. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the ball for a moment. Uh, Please take the ball. I think you know where I'm going yeah, with that, but I'm going to hand anyways, it to you with somebody you, you with know a little more. Also on, on that cell phone, Google Maps. And Google Maps brings you to these campgrounds. And we're getting back on track. And you're Thank going you. to take go. and you're going to take cute pic, food pictures and post them on Instagram and share them with your friends because that's what we do in the modern age. I think that's the thing about this show that it gets right is that it's not that these people do not appreciate the beauty and majesty that is nature. It's that the beauty and majesty of nature is something you can share with those that are not right next to you. There, there is a great uh, scene uh, like about halfway through uh, the first season where uh, Rin and uh, Nadeshko are at different campsites, but they're talking uh, that night and they both uh, take a picture of the night sky that they're viewing. And then we cut back down to uh, them split screen, but in the same scene. Uh, just I adore that scene. Just beautifully connected. That's honestly a scene I had completely forgotten about before doing this dub rewatch, and it's it's a gorgeous scene, and I think that is what this show captures. It's not that nature and social media are at odds with each other. It's the idea that you can communicate that with those that are not near you and share that beauty, share that love, share that joy of the outdoors and the wilderness yeah. with your friends across the world. And I just adore how so genuine and, and it just, it's so genuine and not cynical. That's what I think gets me is that it, it is a truly honest, but positive approach to connectivity and social media it is not something that harms one's experience of being in the outdoors it is something that can enhance it and share it with those across the world and i love that i just wanted to go into that because i, I really do love that aspect in particular also, thank you for saving me from my fucking failing analogy. I appreciate you, Jackson. We'll throw you a life, board, oh. uh, life support occasionally. I, I need that every now and then. Uh, now that you did that, would you like to go into uh, more of Rin yeah. in particular? Uh, yeah, very much like we've mentioned. Uh, Rin and Nadeshko are the stars of the show here. That like, the, re the rest of the characters are 
you know, fun uh, in their own rights. But these are ones are they're really they have a lot of meat to dig into, uh, and a lot of uh, care put onto them. Like this show really does understand where Rin is coming from. Uh, and in her interviewed needs, uh, like doesn't hate people, is actually quite happy in solitude. That's where she uh, feels good and feels at ease. It's a positive thing uh, and positive emotion that those times bring her. Uh, where was I going with that? Yeah, and just has a very like gentle approach to her introversion. Uh, I can definitely see why she would still kind of shy away from uh, joining the rest of the group where uh, Aki and Aoi are being very like overly familiar. So she's just trying to keep them at a arm's length for most of the show. But they uh, yeah. uh, do do eventually come to an understanding. Oh, yeah, I do appreciate that they show never, like, feel like it's pressing her into doing the club. Like, yeah, I'm sure it's something that will probably happen eventually, but it's not. Uh, but she can, like, but it's letting her take her time with it, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah like, the, it the feels big like character nobody moment for the, this season is Rin goes on a camping trip with the entire group. It feels like the show is never forcing Rin to do things she doesn't want to, but it's mostly the people in her lives and her of her own free will and volition making choices to put herself out of her comfort zone and expand her horizons. That's like a lot of the scenes where uh, uh, she's just on her own and... Uh, Celeste is making voices to herself in her own head or like talking to a dog in front of her. Like, do you feel lucky punk? Make my day. She, she talks to dogs a lot and I can tell that both her and the author adore dogs so much. It's so charming. Or I was helping one of our friends who runs the uh, dogs in anime Twitter account. I get screenshots from the show, mostly of Chikua. There's a dog in every single episode. If you like dogs, there's you will so love many this more show. dogs. Like there's dogs I forgot about. Like the "Do you feel lucky?" Punk is a dog where she is yelling at a Boston Terrier, and I'm like, I didn't even remember that one. I did, I did remember Pickup Doggy, which I love. Pickup Doggy, and then Doggy, I'll never forget you. Bye bye. And then the small bears, which the small bears is possibly like one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. It's just the. The Shiba Inus, the one gets stopped by the leash. She smirks herself, and the other fucking sucker punches her in the gut. So, so good. Just a classic gag. Perfect. A very good gag. And I also just love uh, a lot of Rin's, like, she's got some very fun quirks with her friends. Like, especially with Anna. But I think I also love the genuine frustration where she's by herself her friends are having fun and she's driving a really long time and she's like i really want to go to hot spring i'm so cold i need to go to this hot spring hot spring this hot spring will be closed and then it's just genuine defeated dude seriously that's the thing you got to watch out with this show is it will trick you into thinking camping is a fun when it is a pain in the ass and an expensive hobby and there's always going to be setbacks. I think the thing I appreciate is that it feels like the show 
makes it look charming, but it also just has the very genuine realization of, oh, this is what happens when things go wrong. This is what happens when shit sucks for a little bit. And, yeah. Oh, this is going to suck. But once it stops sucking, you might enjoy it. Mm -hmm. There's at least, there's a couple scenes where she, after she's overcome this ideal, she'd be like, yeah, this was worth it. Mm -hmm. Shit. So, sometimes it's just that one gorgeous vista and that one warm meal by the fire that just melts the troubles yeah. away. Made it to and that so, onsen and mm -hmm, there was a yeah. monkey. Yep, and uh, yeah, and uh, talking about uh, Inasco for a second, I gotta say, like, uh, so, uh, so, uh, like, so, uh, like, going into this dub, I gotta say, Morgan was a really particularly interesting casting choice, both because of uh, the typecast that Andrew had brought up before, and also because it is a very, very different side of performance than uh, what we had gotten to the Japanese, which was uh, a choice I found incredibly interesting. Yeah, and Nadeshko in Japanese is uh, much more breathy and high, uh, higher voice. Like, I was comparing it to Kirby, uh, yeah. and that's not from uh, far off from the voice uh, that they're using in Japanese. The vibe is, is still there in English, but that's... Uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of like you know what you would kind of expect for that kind of archetype. You know, very, you know, very peppy, cutesy boy boys. Uh, very green chun, green chun. Yeah, but honestly, you know, yeah, it, yeah. And more again, be honest with you guys. Uh, yeah, Patrick. One of the most impressive things about the late camp, uh, late back camp dub, um, is the fact that you know the writers and the director teams. Um, we're able to tweak the sort of moe aspects of the show to fit its cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where, uh, where, where did that go in Japanese? Was, again, kind of the more typical cutesy uh, uh, moe thing you would kind of expect from, you know, the pink-haired girl. Uh, Morgan sounds a lot more kind of spunky in a way, which is... Uh, it, which is an interesting choice, but I really like it. I think it does capture the same energy she needed, which was that she is a, a ray of sunshine, joy, and she she is a dog. She is a golden retriever chasing cars. Oh, that is how she approaches life. Look at our good girl. She is Gale. excited. She, it, she, it's just look at her go. I, I also love uh, Rin, like seeing her run off as like, oh, you sweet summer child. As she's running off, which like, was a, arms fully spread, uh, like she's going to take off. She, she runs like that the ent every time. She's always just excited and uh, uh, panting her, like a dog. Her, her joy. And her optimism is infectious. And I think that's what makes her a great pair with Reen in particular. And honestly, that's why I really wanted to shout out Jade casting Morgan in particular. Because I honestly don't... I think Mor Morgan... Nobody casts her in things like Jade does. She will ha let her play a small child. A spunky, goofy child. And in this... The Moe Blob, who is just joy and energy incarnate. Like, that. those are not things I associate with Morgan LeRae's voice, which is usually just very husky and sexy. 
And that's why I was really, really hopeful. I was especially hopeful because I'm a big fan of the Nietzsche Joe dub. And Morkin was downright hilarious in Nietzsche Joe. That's why I was not worried about this one. And I gotta say, 100%, Morgan is a perfect ray of sunshine. She's very funny. She bounces off the rest of the cast perfectly well. She also has a lot of very funny lines, but also can be very silly and cute. I think one of the cutest things she says in the dub is when Reen gets scared herself and she just wakes up in her tent. She doesn't even question it. She just caterpillars over and then just like puts her back to hers and then just very softly goes back snuggles. It's so cute. And I that's what it is, is that she's got this high energy, which it takes a lot of work to make that good level of like ah, ah, and not make it annoying. And I think she does a good job making it funny, but also believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Honestly. Not careful, a, a voice like that can uh, peak the microphone, for lack of a better way to describe it. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I see people thinking... I saw some people questioning this choice in particular. I will defend Morgan's casting as extremely inspired, and she understood the assignment. <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah, it's a, yeah. To me, it's a good testament of why you know you don't always have to mimic a Japanese. You don't always have to mimic the original Japanese performance. Sometimes you can do something a little different, yeah. and it works out. This is a good example. I I, I would mean, say yeah. Sometimes, in order to do those changes, you have to you know you have to do some additional work. But you know, you put the work in, it will show. I, I, I think Morgan LeRae and Celeste Perez as Nadashiko and Rin is a testament to not only dubbing a character, but also adapting them. And I 100% believe that they made them more than just popular, but sort of typical Moe character types, and made them what I could 100% believe are teenage girls that I would interact with in my own daily life. When you were back and, in high school. Oh yeah, 100% when I was back in high school. Like, these would be girls I could see and interact with myself. Mm-hmm. And without a doubt, Morgan LeRae and Celeste Perez, they had possibly the hardest job in the entirety of the dub. knocked it out of the goddamn park. Fantastic. Well worth the five-year wait. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She also does great work as the pine cone. (laughs) Oh, God, I forgot she's the pine cone, too. That's a fun uh, episode one credit to get in there. Yeah, and she's doing uh, the the big uh, anime noises really well. She she does a lot of great anime noise. uh, Big... Like, episode one, uh, when she's just slurping down that ramen, making it look like the tastiest dish you've ever seen. I burned the inside of her my energy- mouth. Why are you happy about that? Just Her energy is infectious. and I Big, huge energy. She, yeah. All the times. Uh, speaks in caps lock because she cannot be contained. Uh, 
they're both very funny they're both very charming and they're both very genuine portrayals of these characters absolutely floored by both of rin both celeste and morgan in particular which yeah i also do really like the uh contrast when nadeshko gets very sleepy which is maybe some of the, my favorite stuff that uh, uh she does in this dub like that that scene we mentioned it, uh an hour ago about uh making an order while she's half asleep just like i want i want a onigiri and a rice ball and all this other stuff it's like no no you're get you're getting uh you're getting tea it's very funny it's very cute and it's very funny oh also wanted to shout out a moment i think uh when uh nadeshko's uh camping with uh uh chiaki and aki and like the the sort of log candle thing they got going snap open and she just does this great little ah i think i peed a little they called that a cracked uh, me they up. called that a Canadian candle. So there, there's my rep- is that what they call it? There's yeah. my representation in anime for the year. <laughs> you, I take what I would can you get. say it was. Pre- would you say it was pretty lit? Not as lit as Edmonton and IBO. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, and with that, I think it's safe to say. Let's wrap things up and move on to our final thoughts. Jet, would you like to start us off? Um, yeah, it was uh, nice getting to revisit this show for the first time in a few years. It is still incredibly comfy and very relaxing and just a good cozy time. And I can safely say that despite having to wait longer than we probably should have for a dub, it was uh, definitely worth the wait. It is a really solid dub. I... I like a lot of the main cast. I especially enjoyed Solis Perez as Rin and Marco Lorenzo Desco. They are a great, they're a great pair. And in general, this is a really strong dub, really easy recommendation. And uh, yeah, in general, if you haven't watched Solis Back Camp, you definitely would. You definitely should. It's just a very good, cozy time, even if you aren't particularly big on camping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick? Yeah, this is, um... I'm glad this ended up getting dubbed, so that would give me the inspiration to come back to it. Um, like I had said before, it it this feels like a dub that took a bit of extra work to get, to get it to the way it is, but um, if you if you are willing to put that kind of work into anything, um, you get a great product out at mm. in the long run so um frankly i couldn't be happier with this stuff i'm just kind of i think my favorite thing was just watching you week to week kind of fall more and more in love with it as somebody who like I, like i knew i liked it i knew several other people in our group liked it but you didn't know anything i just kind of loved watching vicariously through you what i had felt five years ago just watching somebody just kind of just kind of veg out zone out and just enjoy their time with these comfy camping girls and that's why i'm really happy to have you on this episode in particular man i mean i'm glad it's it's not like i came into the show blind but at the same time like 
as soon as I had the opportunity to keep coming back to it, um, which was not available to me in the winter of 2018, um, I just found myself enjoying it more and more. I cannot wait to see, you know, season two, the the shorts, the OVAs, the movie, um, and the upcoming uh, season three end up getting dubbed as well. I'm pretty sure those are definitely coming. There's a pretty obvious reason why I'm assuming that's going to take a little bit to come out. Yeah. Which, which I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Morgan and say congratulations on the new baby. Absolutely. Congratulations. Congratulations. We did get a peek mm -hmm. at the uh, time skip designs uh, in the last episode, so we, we kind of know how... Oh, the, shit! We forgot to talk about we, that! We Fuck! We kind of know how the movie is going to sound, which is... Which I want to sh I want to give a shout out the fact that them s they sound very similar but still different and slightly older when they are adults. Mm -hmm. Like there's just like a little bit of deepness, like slightly like slightly deeper, slightly more matured out voice for a lot of them, and it was really interesting to contrast their takes on their older characters while still being really similar, but just distinct enough from their younger high school counterparts. That was really good. And I really liked that. You guys are gonna, I forgot going to mention to really that. Enjoy the movie when it comes around. Perfect. Can't wait. Jackson uh, balls yours. Camping sucks. I hate it. I fucking love camping. <laughs> <laughs> camping sucks. I fucking hate it. Give me more. Yeah, big smiles, head empty, no thoughts, only cozy exists. I am, my butt has dissolved into this chair. I can't move anymore. Yep, I know, very much regretting I did not bring a blanket for this episode. God, I'm going to definitely get, go to sleep very cozily after this. But yeah, this dub's great. I was... I know there's a lot of anticipation when something you really want takes several years to come out, and there's always that concern of it's not going to live up to it. Uh, this love this lived up to my expectations and even surpassed and surprised me in a couple of ways I'd never even considered. There's some really fun casting in particular. The script is a ton of fun and accentuates a lot of these characters I already enjoyed. And some really inspired casting decisions really made me fall in love with some characters more than I already did. Jade and her team made a fantastic dub. Cannot, cannot highly recommend this show enough. And if you would like to watch the show in English, you can do so by going on to Crunchyroll. There is, I will assume a Blu-ray will come out in the future as well. But as of, as of the time of this recording... Only the first season of Laidback Camp is dubbed in English, but assume that more seasons will be coming in the future. I hope the movie is coming too. I'm, I really want to see that movie as well. And you know, even if the, the future seasons and the movie don't get dubbed, they are still there on Crunchyroll to watch. I definitely, yeah, very much so. And yeah, and I highly probably be. And I will probably be diving into those seasons before the dub comes. Fair and valid enough. But yeah, you can watch the show on Crunchyroll. Uh, we are the Dub Talk Podcast. If you would like, you could follow us on our YouTube at Dub Talk Podcast. If you'd like to listen to more of us, but you don't want to do watch video of us, and you would like to listen to us on the go, we have audio versions on 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. As for where you can find us on social media, our main account for the time being of this recording is our Twitter account, but we are we are currently working to try and spruce up some old social media platforms again, like our Tumblr and our Instagram. So keep an eye out on those in the coming weeks because we would like to have that... Uh, we would like to not fall without a net, so to speak. Also, you can find us on our Twitch channel where we play video games regularly throughout the week and we play some fun video games. I'm about to start up a playthrough of uh, Telltale's Batman game alongside my wonderful partner and co-host, Stephanie. Awesome. And if you'd like to support us, you can give us a one-time donation at Kofi or... You can follow us on our Patreon, where you can get a shout-out, like one of our lovely patrons, our five, like our $5 tier patrons, Megan's mom and dad, Michelle Travis, Julia W., Nico Robin, but with Yowie Hands, and Victor Mayborda, as well as our lovely $10 tier patrons, Anthony Brown, Carly Lestikow, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. You're all wonderful people, and we appreciate all of the support you've given us throughout the years. My name is Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan. You can find me over on Twitter at MangaMan9000, where I also do another anime podcast where we talk about the latest in anime news. Uh, Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA, where I talk about anime news alongside my buddy, Chet. Chet, would you like to tell the people where you can find them and what you do? Uh, yes, you can find me on Twitter at DivineDaniel. I will easily be talking, I guess, about like anime news or game, movie, whatever the news is happening, I guess. Um, uh, you can also, as Andrew mentioned, find me on Another podcast, podcast of a day where we will usually be talking about anime news. And then besides that, I sometimes write stuff for AN and I'm also writing for another site that should hopefully be up in the next uh, couple of weeks, I'm assuming. So I guess you can look forward to Ooh, that. Ooh, cannot wait. All right, uh, Jackson? Uh, I'm on Twitter at NineClawTiger. I don't create things there. Uh, I do stream for the podcast, though, over on Twitch. Uh, currently, it's Fire Emblem, the last of the uh, uh, 3DS era games. Uh, but uh, good ch chances are good. By the time you're hearing this, I will be d uh, done with that and just uh, streaming whatever the fuck I want, I think. Mm-hmm. You're also a uh, appreciated editor who helped us out in jams, so appreciate you for that, man. As our three on this podcast. Oh yeah, you got all right. Yeah, shout out to all you guys. You guys help do the editing and stuff, and I appreciate all all the work you do for that too. I don't want to hey. make it sound like hey. And Patrick, would you like to round us up? So. Um... Howdy there, I am Patrick, a.k.a. Roots of Justice. You can find me on the Twitter.com, at Roots of Justice. Mainly retweet cute animal pics, talk general fandom. It's a fun time, you should come see me. Um, working on spreading out my social media presence. I am doing writing, but so far nothing has met my own standards, so... Maybe at some point I will do something I like enough to post? You just gotta get those... Fingers crossed. You just gotta get out those hundred bad pages. Exactly. I'm just like the million mon monkeys on the typewriters. Eventually, I'll, I'll write out Shakespeare. You got this, man. 
I, I'm, I'm all set. Oh, I thought you were going to do a cool thing of the day. I, I thought you oh, did. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I do have a... Um, give me one sec. Let me let me recall what I was going to... Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and do um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, that was something I finally got around to about a week or two ago. A valid um, pick. Weeping the awards season. Um, it is very good. Um, the song Ciao Papa. I watched that with my mom. Uh, uh, I, I've tricked her into uh, liking Guillermo del Toro. So now we can watch those movies together. A good thing to trick nice. people. And yeah, the movie hurts so good. Check it out. Mm-hmm. And with that, uh, we have put out the campfire, we have packed up all of our equipment, and it is time for us to move on and head out towards Mount Fuji. Thank you all for joining me. We finally crossed this one off the list. It's done. Uh, and now I can start yelling one. about Rin and Nadeshko's love child, Bochi the Rock. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, now that this has been dubbed, uh, Bochi the Rock is a very good thing to put your energy for requesting for a dub next. Crunchyroll dub Thunderbolt Fantasy, you cowards. Never stop, never stopping, Patrick. Never stop, never stopping. Anyways... Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this uh, comfy, cozy excursion. Good night, everybody, and otaku on, my friends. Uh, otaku peace. on the dubba. Uh, have a good night, and uh, hope you have a warm blanket. I hope you're, you're all cozy and all your days are shiny. Good night. <laughs>